0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith.
1: I'm Shrikar Jandran. And I'm Anish Gupta.
0: It's nice to be back, fellas. Glad we get to talk again. Uh, these two go off to college in a little bit, so enjoy these last couple episodes. We're assuming we're going to keep this uh, able to be going. We don't have to take a break or anything like that, but if somehow, you know, these two are gone for a little bit, let's cherish these last couple episodes at least, Um, And we actually have a really good one today. There's been a lot of stuff going on, of course, with the season coming closer and closer, preseason starting and all that stuff. We're going to have more news and training camp, obviously, starting these last couple of weeks. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the Colts. Uh, They had two big injuries to Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. They re-signed Darius Leonard. So we'll talk about, you know, them, their AFC South counterparts, maybe what's going to happen with them, the Titans and the Jaguars. Uh, looking to make maybe an interesting move trading CJ Henderson. We'll talk about some other training camp news like Trey Lance, who's been blowing up the uh, the scene at the 49ers training camp. We'll talk about Joe Burrow and his struggles, the New York Giants, who have been, I mean, they're causing everyone on the team to retire at this point. So we got to talk about it. And then to round it out, Josh Allen signed a really big extension. So we'll hit that at the end. And of course, we might talk about a bunch of random stuff from now to then. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please consider hitting the like button, the subscribe button, and leaving a comment on whatever you think. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy the show today, please think about subscribing. We'd really appreciate it. But, Anish, so sorry about it. I know it's it's every year for you now. Carson Wentz out 5 to 12 weeks after foot surgery. What's your take, first of all? I know it hit you pretty hard. Yeah. We, we want to hear what's your thoughts about the Carson Wentz injury
2: I've like watched sports for a long time there have been three times where I've like almost like shed a tear or like or I've had like the Browns when we went 0-16 the time we made the playoffs and then this dude when I found out in the morning that he was gonna be out for I was so sad I was like there's no way I mean I've like He comes to a new team. I'm so happy. He looked really good in training camp. He had, he went like a perfect, I think he missed two passes in 11 on 11s. I think he went 11 for 13. He was, he was doing so well. I was so happy. You know, he went to the team that I wanted him to go to and, you know, for this to happen. And just like, I was reading the comments of like on his post. So he had something that I had reposted. It was like a year six is on the way. And I was like, yes, you know, new setup, you know, new team, he's gonna do great. And then I just look at the comments when he got the, the injury, it's just like, it was just so foul. Like some of the things they were saying, like, you know, made a glass, like, oh, how's year six for you? Like, it was just, it just, it, it sucked. Like, you know, people on social media are a little bit harsh for that. But um, in regards to the injury, uh, five to 12 weeks, uh, I think he. Uh, it's likely that, you know, with the longest period of time, him being out for is week eight, I looked at their schedule I it was brutal with him. Yeah, I didn't even know if they were going to get
1: crazy without him. It was
2: five weeks. It is hard, like you know, they have to play the Dolphins for the Ravens, the Seahawks. Uh, those are just teams off the top of my head that I remember. I mean, it is a really brutal schedule. And I with forget Quentin Nelson without Wentz, I didn't know if they were going to hit three and five. Now that Quentin Nelson is also out, because I think people can agree with this. He's probably the most impactful offensive lineman in the league. You could I, argue.
0: I would disagree. I'd say he's the best offensive lineman, but I feel like a guard cannot be the most impactful. Yeah, that's fair. But that's I, kind of the I, argument. I mean, I've like,
2: watched like just how much he helps open holes in the run game, yeah. especially on zone week. You know, runs to the left zone running scheme. It's just insane, but. I I would, I'm honest, I'm a huge fan of Quentin Nelson. And I know he's a guard, but that's what I'm saying. For him to do stuff like that, I think he is one of the most impactful, if not. And for him to also be out, that really hurts a guy like Jacob Eason, who is the projected, you know, fill-in for Carson Wentz. So, you know, the Colts, really, it's not looking too good. And I jinxed him. I bet on (laughs) Carson Wentz. (laughs) To be better than the Niners and the Titans so I'm sorry Colts fans for jinxing him again um, but also another thing Eagles fans right they're also pretty pissed off because so the deal was the Colts have to make the playoffs or Wentz has to play 75% of the snaps and obviously if he can't play till week eight that's immediately eradicated so uh, that's just that's rough that is rough So I, and, but I want to confirm it. It's 75% of the snaps the entire year, not 75% mm -hmm. of the snaps. He is eligible to play. It has to be, I believe it's It's, because they had the injury contingency on there. So yeah, it just sucks. I'm hopeful that he can, you know, come back before, but I would not want to rush this. This is not something I want to rush, especially because it's the same bone bruise that what Nelson and Wentz have and it hurts your mobility a lot. And I was even real. I I always just randomly will tend to watch his highlights. He just, ever since that ACL too, you know, the leg and just overall, I think it's the same leg too. He just hasn't looked the same as mobile wise. So, you know, and that's a lot of his game. If you watch his 2017 season, that was so much him making plays out of the pocket. So yeah. Really tough. I'll pass it on to you guys. I, I think it's, you know, it's just one of the worst injuries that's happened so far in the off season. And obviously as probably the biggest Carson Wentz fan outside of, you know, Indianapolis and Philadelphia hurts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, no pun intended with hurts, but um, (laughs) it's, it's, as you said, a brutal stretch and it's not just that Eagles fans are mad about the 75% threshold, but The Eagles organization willfully ate 34, what, 34 mil in dead money just to get rid of Carson Wentz. And now that you, now that you don't really get that first round pick anymore, uh, that just turns into a second. I mean, you kind of have to be a little bit mad about that, but look, these first five games, Seattle, the Rams, Mm -hmm. the Titans, Dolphins, and Ravens, Titans, (laughs) Dolphins, Ravens are all on the road.
0: Is that Is that a, an, that's, a, that's five. Those are five losses. Those are five losses. Those are right literally there. all playoff teams. I man, that's...
1: and if you're starting what Jacob Eason, Brett Hundley, Sam Ellinger, you're doomed. Like without you're not. Quentin Wilson. Wilson. Well, I mean you're not thing, like, like, with no Nelson, no Eric Fisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doomed. Like yeah. you that those are all losses for me. So it just sucks, um, you know, for the Colts, they're getting hit with the injury bug this year because they really have, you know, one of the more complete rosters in the game. This, this is genuinely a top, in, if Wentz hadn't gotten
2: hurt, Nelson was coming in, I had them as my top three to four teams in the AFC. I was really, I know that's a, little a bit lot of nice, people, but did. I was very yeah. high on this team
1: because they have a very complete team. And I mean, that's yeah. definitely understandable, but this entire offseason was pretty much a gamble by Chris Ballard because you were banking on Wentz and now that Wentz goes down, Quentin Nelson goes down too. your best alignment. It's, it's just not looking good at all for the Colts now. And what was once, you know, a season, you know, full of big hopes, you know, you maybe have, um, you know, deep playoff run dreams. That's just all shattered now in the matter of what, like a couple of days. So it, it just really sucks, uh, and I'm sorry, Colts fans. This had to happen. You know, as a Heiner fan, I kind of had to go through this last Literally year. Literally
2: happened with Andrew Luck two years ago for them. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, happened with in Andrew an instant, Luck. You lose your, you know, potential playoff
1: maker. Colts so. QBs, man, it's just, uh, it sucks. But I don't know. Maybe we could look at replacements. You know, you could trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe I don't. That's <laughs> long shot. Uh, yeah, you really, want, him, him. You really yeah, want to get let's, something for him. Yeah. Let's you really get, want Trey
2: to start right away, huh? Okay.
1: Yeah. Let's Let's get that contract off the books, uh, yeah. Don Lynch. Uh, but no, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Nick Foles has also been, you know, in discussion, obviously Frank Reich having worked with Foles before. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, I was also thinking Marcus Mariota because even when Carson Wentz comes back, that is a high-end backup. Marcus Mariota would be really nice for them. Uh, and he can win them games, you know, I'm sure of it, but, uh one, one player that uh, Jack threw out there, and I'm going to let him, you know, kind of oh, go uh, off yeah, on I this, but mad. Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't think that's going to happen just because, you know, it's within the division, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past the Jacks if they're really desperate to get rid of Gardner Minshew, especially with, you know, Trevor Lawrence in the fold. I mean, yeah, that might be a good move for the Colts to really look into.
0: Yeah, yeah especially, I mean, we're going to get into it later with CJ Henderson, and we were talking off air about uh, how it happened with Ronnie Harrison, but they just like, if a player isn't valuable to them, they're really not afraid to move them and so like i guess it is unlikely for an for an inner like an interdivision trade to happen especially with a quarterback like if they're coming to you saying oh can we trade for your quarterback to save our season do you really think the jaguars are going to say yes but to be honest like i've said the entire offseason with this new uh, like with urban meyer and this whole new jaguars organization i got no idea like legitimately no clue what's going on with them especially with the cj henderson stuff but yeah. Uh, to round it back around to Wentz, I feel like whenever Anish talks about Wentz, I do have to be the one to kind of like bring the conversation back down to earth because yeah, he he got hurt. And yes, you can watch the 2017 highlights as much as you want. And her, also, You don't
2: understand how many times I've watched that video. Like I think I, know. I have accounted for so many views on that thing.
0: I, and <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. But also we still didn't know whether we were getting that Wentz or last season, maybe the worst quarterback in the league Wentz. So yes, yeah. this is, a tough blow if you're thinking about it in the sense of, oh, the Colts are losing this quarterback that could be an MVP level candidate, but also that wasn't a guarantee. So I feel like that one, while it does suck that he was injured, we still didn't know what he was going to be. So he could have gone out there and looked like he did last year, and that would make this this injury you know not matter as much. The Quentin Nelson one is the one that really does matter. I mean, you can send Jacob Eason out there and have him hand off the ball to Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, and one of the best offensive lines in the league. But without Quentin Nelson there, I mean, the Colts could really struggle. Like, I feel like they would have struggled to kind of find their footing without Wentz. But without Wentz and now without Nelson, if if you're going to have that young quarterback in there and you can't develop the running game, you're probably going to lose the first five games. I mean, to be honest, all of those games that we talked about, they're not going to win. I really don't think oh, they're going to win any of those five yeah. games it's without really those hard, two man. players.
2: Obviously, you can win on any given Sunday, but these five exactly, teams are yeah. disciplined. They're not new, you know. They're they've bought into a system already for yeah. a couple of years. It's just it's hard, right? And and their, their defense is not
0: the level where they, they can compete without offensive production. Like yeah. their defense is pretty good. I, I would say it's pretty solid. It's too. It, and there's weeks where it looks dominant, but also like. If you're not producing on offense, it, it's just, it, it's kind of all a mess for the Colts right now. And so I'm, I think they wanted a little bit of positivity. They re-signed Darius Leonard. Um, he's getting paid more than Fred Warner, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. Yeah. But by point eight, it's not my, I think
2: they just wanted him to be the highest paid. Yeah. We've seen this happen all the time. People yeah. want well, I mean, we
0: him. knew like, it They just wanted, just wanted to see the Warner value signed. with the Warner deal. And now I guarantee you Roquan Smith will be the next highest paid. Yeah. Um. So at least good on the Niners for getting that done early. But for the Colts, I mean, Colts fans, I it sucks. I mean, I remember the Jets year where they sent Luke Falk out there. It's like <laughs> I think we also have to do like as much as I'm gonna say all this stuff about Carson Wentz. When you send a quarterback out there that Luke Falk had no business playing in the NFL, and I we don't know about Jacob Eason yet, but he could very, he could very well have no business playing in the NFL either. So it could be a rough, a rough couple or even you know several weeks. For Colts fans and while I'm hoping that doesn't happen and we'll get to the next question uh eventually I do feel bad for Colts fans I if I feel terrible for Carson Wentz as much as I like to clown in each for it I do want to see him succeed I mean I said uh, over the offseason just
2: the one the one stain on the football acumen is this guy I just want him to succeed man I just want him to prove everybody wrong all these doubters on his social media page let him go back there but we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to. This literally happened with Debo. Same injury. Like, it, it's just, I guess it's just the goop curse. That's what we call it on.
0: Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it is. And it sucks that, like, this comes after last year. Like, we had so many injuries last year. And it's like we're already starting now. We're yeah. seeing Carson Wentz be injured. Saquon might not, you know, play until later mm-hmm. in the season. Like, he might miss the Michael first Thomas. couple of weeks. Joe Burrow is not looking his self, Like his right self – you guys talked about it last week, I believe, Dak Prescott not looking his normal self either. It's just – it's it's the harsh reality of football, and right now the Colts are getting all of it directed onto themselves. And so, Colts fans, we're sorry. Um, our next question we, – we don't have to spend too much time on this because, you know, I feel like it might be an easier answer. Um, are the Titans a lock to win the AFC South? I, I never go as far to say lock in the NFL because you never know, but it's looking – pretty yes. likely that it's definitely
1: trending in that direction yeah like but also
2: and i made i literally for those who don't know i made a bet with two people one street Shri- being shriek that the colts would beat the titans out for the division obviously banking on carson wentz and now this happened obviously Quinn nelson also gets the same injury so yeah i'm also gonna say the titans are a lock they got better as did the Colts, but the Titans now, you know, they're not facing any injury bug. And, you know, again, same kind of system I do. I'm very interested into seeing, you know, without Arthur Smith, how it's going to be right. Like how their offense is going to be because, you know, he's going to Atlanta, he's leaving, uh, you know, a team that, you know, relied heavily on Derek Henry. But again, I've never said he's the, you know, the thing that makes him go, I think it's Tannehill, but you know, how's the Julio Jones factor going to work? Um, but I don't even think that necessarily matters in terms of who's going to be a lock to win this division. I think, you know, the Jags have their own issues. The Texans obviously are just a dumpster fire right now. And now the Colts are honestly in that same discussion. They just, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, this preseason is very, very important for the Colts, which is, you know, blessed that, you know, at least we get a preseason for teams like this to at least get three weeks to kind of, you know, slowly adjust and get everything ready for week one. But yeah, I think the Titans
1: are a lock. Yeah, I, I it's definitely. I think, as Jack said, there's no real, real thing like a lock, but I mean, it is definitely you know trending in that direction, and I think this injury just kind of set it in stone for me because the Colts, you know, I believe are going you know zero and five, one and four to start the year, and that's already going to set them back you know pretty far back because the Titans will probably start the year out hot, you yeah, know, if everything. They also goes play the Titans plan.
2: before Wentz comes back. If he comes back, weekend. That's
1: actually so. going to be a big game too. Yeah. If the Colts somehow win that game. You know, maybe, no, I maybe, doubt it. I doubt maybe it they have a PC, shot. Man. But, you know, if I, if I was, you know, going to bet right now, I'd definitely say that the Titans are going to win the AFC South.
0: And I think that the first Colts preseason game coming this weekend, that's, that's going to be one that a lot of eyes are going to be on because we'll see all the quarterbacks. I mean, we'll see everyone they got thrown on the field because they're going to have to try and figure it out now. Yeah. And yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you know how Philly was, Kind of always flip flopping on quarterbacks, where they would give Jalen Hurts reps, even with Carson Wentz there. I'll bet you the Colts were trying to be the reverse of that. They were trying to show confidence in Carson Wentz. They're giving him all the reps. They're trying to literally just shell it out all I to him. And did, now, yeah. now that he's down, they're they're screwed. I mean, yeah. realistically, they're screwed. We just got to hope that he's back soon, that he comes back healthy, um, because please, please do, please he deserves he deserves a chance a yeah. fully healthy season. prove a niche right
2: yes (laughs) for my sake (laughs) yes Yes, please i this yeah i think their playoff hopes literally got shattered as soon as he went down i think
0: they and with all this news you've been sad but tree i assume you've been pretty happy about the news coming out of niners camp i know you said you were there one day and i definitely want to hear about that but trey lance has been lighting it up uh for the 49ers and it's it's honestly really funny the quarterback that everyone kind of expected to take some time. And everyone's like, no, you know what? He's not starting the season over Jimmy Garoppolo. Give him time. He's making a case for himself with, with some of the throws he's been making uh, some of the strides he's been making as well under Kyle Shanahan. He's pushing Jimmy Garoppolo for that spot, even getting some Niners fans uh, and, and just people around the league, to think of about Niners the Garoppolo trade. Yeah. So Srikar, <laughs> you can start us off. Trey Lance, what are you feeling?
1: Uh, yeah. As Jack said, I was lucky enough to see Trey Lance live and you know, this Niner team, Everything's looking really good, like like QB room wise, because Jimmy Garoppolo, while we're hyping up Trey Lance like a lot, Jimmy Garoppolo's still looking like really good. Like he's still gonna I still think he's gonna be the starter in week one. Uh, I don't expect Trey Lance to get that starting spot immediately. Um, and I think before watching this camp, my initial stance was that Trey Lance would not play the entire year. Uh, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo you know, would be the starter. And barring injury, I think he'd, he played the entire year, but you know, after watching this, I think Trey Lance is going to be thrown in at some point this year. And I think I I, it's hard to place when it's going to be, I'm not going to do that, but I think we will see Trey Lance this year. Maybe as Kyle said, maybe not as a starter, but you know, he'll be thrown in maybe in the pistol, you know, if you want to run a read option, like he's the perfect guy to do that with Uh, just get him more acclimated to the offense But from what I saw at camp, I think the hype is definitely justified to a certain degree. Trey Lance is looking like, you know, really good. He's looking like he's, you know, come far along in the process. But there are still like things that make me think he's still like the raw prospect coming out of North Dakota State, right? Like he's still taking a little bit too long on his reads. Uh, Obviously can't sack QBs in camp. So there's a lot of times he'd keep his eyes locked and then he'd start to just, you know, sit there. And then at that point you're going to get sacked. Um, he, he would just forget to break out of the pocket and do what he does best. So that's something that could be fixed later on, but I think his accuracy is there, you know, otherwise he, he, when he can make the right read, he's perfect for a Shanahan offense, especially in a scheme where Kyle can just scheme receivers open. I think he's perfect for that. I think his connection with Ayuk is really good. Uh, don't sleep on Brandon Ayuk this year. He's going to be a beast. Um, but really Trey Lance, he's looking good. He's looking, you know, far along, but not too far along where I'd say that he is the starter in week one, because it's still going to take time and he is still a raw prospect, but who knows maybe learning in the game would be nice for him getting those reps, you know, in actual games against actual defenses, you know, maybe that would help his case, but in 11 on 11s, you know, he was looking pretty good and he was looking good, but I don't think we should take away from Jimmy Garoppolo because I still think he is the starter week one. And I still think he is looking you know, like the QB of this team. That is that is the most non-biased and
2: objective yeah. part about Trey Lance I've seen from a Niner fan, so I appreciate you for saying that because obviously being from the Bay, we are around a lot of Niner fans and I've talked to a lot of them about how Trey Lance has been looking. Uh, and when I was watching it, he's I, he's been the guy I've watched most out of the five rookie quarterbacks, all the camp highlights. And here's what I tell Niner fans before they, you know, start saying, oh, he's going to start, oh, he's looking really, really good. Trey Lance hasn't thrown for 300. He hasn't thrown more than 300 passes in his college career. He's also had more than 20 completions once. So he is very inexperienced. That is what I'm telling people. Obviously, he's getting under an NFL system. He's learning under NFL uh, coaches, and he's playing NFL competition. He's learning. And yes, he's lighting it up with his talent. There were some throws, especially on his left side, where he just puts the ball in stride. It was amazing, some of the throws he made, especially to Brandon Ayuk mentioned it a couple of ones i was nitpicking you through a little high but again like i said he's probably been the best one in camp so far out of the five or at least dazzled the most but for trey lance here's here's my thing i think similar to shrieker i wasn't expecting him to see the field if jimmy Garoppolo was completely healthy this year now that thought has kind of erased and i think preseason will also be a good telling factor how he will handle you know uh, NFL pressure, how he will handle, you know, escaping the pocket and making those type of reads. But yes, as Shrikar mentioned, he's learning to pro- progress through, he kind of struggled with that sometimes at, um, North Dakota state. And I think with Trey Lance and this whole Niners QB con- competition, I talked to a Niners fan and he actually mentioned this, you know, one point that I wanted to bring up. Shannon's kind of been saying this kind of yeah, but situation like, you know, yeah, Trey Lance has been great, but we still have this guy number 10 who took us to a Super Bowl. So I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has also had his good moments in camp. They're obviously not going to be highlighted as much because the Niners kind of gave like three first round picks for (laughs) this guy, number five. So I think You know, Jimmy G's also been good. I think he's going to be the starter week one. And Niner fans have to be patient because with a guy like this, you have to take your time with, especially with how much you gave in for him. Because if you send him in too early, it could be it could be a disaster. We've seen quarterbacks that are thrown into the fire too early and they just don't succeed. So, you know, I think, for example, I thought Sam Darnold should have gotten a little bit more time, but you know, Trey Lance, they're doing it right, in my opinion. They're letting him get some first team reps. They're letting him, you know, see what he's got. He's having some good connections out there. He's making some good throws, but give it some time. That is my only thing. I think that is the one thing I would say. It's no knock on him. It's not saying you can't do it. It's just got to be patient with a guy like that, especially with how much you gave.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about the Niners fans needing to be patient because I think if you could look back, I think that the number one success story for rookie quarterbacks and letting them wait is Patrick Mahomes. And it's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes forever. I'll guarantee you that Patrick Mahomes was making flashes like Trey Lance has been in Chiefs camp year one. But the thing is, they knew that the player that they drafted, and they knew that, you know, he. He might be showing some flashes, but he's not ready yet. You know, we're going to wait one year. And they had Alex Smith, too. I feel like it's a very similar situation. Oh, 100%. So, you know, Trey Lancey's showing all these flashes. And, of course, he's looking like a great quarterback. But we got to remember what he was like as a prospect. I'm not going to knock him for his training camp flashes. But I remember doing a scattering report on him. I remember the things he needed to fix and the points that you bring up, Anish. And so, to not understand, the one thing I would say is there's a difference between being ahead of schedule and being ready. I would say from what I've seen so far, Trey Lance is ahead of schedule. He's looking ahead of schedule. Perfect point, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that he's looking ready quite yet, especially also if they have Jimmy Garoppolo around. You know, ready is a whole different word. You can be ready if you're the only quarterback there. Like, from what I've been seeing at a Jets camp, Zach Wilson – has been struggling a little bit and he's making some, some rookie mistakes, but he's making some good throws. Oh yeah. I, I think
2: he's been like the definition, definition of up and down if you want been up and down. And,
0: but you know, for the jets, that's going to be ready for this season because I mean, he's going to be as kind of as ready as he can be because they don't have any other options. If Trey Lance was playing at that level, like he's not ready yet. And, and with the Niners, because they still have Jimmy Garoppolo being ready is a completely different term For Trey then it will be for Trevor Lawrence. It will be for uh, Zach Wilson. It'll probably be different for Mac Jones and for Trevor Lawrence too because, you know, they're behind Cam Newton and Andy Dalton. But Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, you're right. He did take him to a Super Bowl. And while I've never been the biggest Jimmy G fan, I feel like he is still the Niners' starting quarterback. And so I'll go back to what I said. Difference between, you know, being ahead of schedule with Trey Lance is, I believe, at the moment and being ready.
1: Yeah. And as a niche, he brought up an excellent point with the preseason games, because all we've seen from him is training camp, an actual preseason game. It's all about the game within the game and a preseason game will move a lot faster, uh, less time to think. As I said before, he's not getting sacked in training camp. You know, he can't afford the type of mistakes he's making in an actual preseason game. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he comes out, uh, I'm assuming in the first preseason uh, preseason game against the Chiefs and doesn't do, you know, as good as Niner fans are hoping he's going to do because it's a lot faster. The man has not played an actual game since, what, 2019?
0: Uh, he had no, that one he showcase has that one. Game. He had Which that one showcase by game. The
1: way. Yeah, and he didn't do, you know, that great. So, obviously, the lack of experience is there, and I think it's going to show in the preseason game. Uh, but another thing, you know, it's just it's just kind of a trend. It's not really anything, like, analytics-based, but a rookie QB has never won the Super Bowl. And if Trey Lance start the year week one uh, wouldn't bet on a, a Niners Super Bowl team. You know what I'm saying? So it's just <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. I'll just keep it at that. And I think he is going to be the guy week one and for the foreseeable future until, you know, the Niners feel that he's truly, you know, Trey Lance is truly ready for that opportunity. With all the, with all the big games, the Niners have to play. Think about it,
2: right? Every NFC West game is huge Implications yeah. will always be huge. They have to play the AFC South. They're going to have some big games there too. You know, every game matters. And for especially for the Niners, they're going to be highlighted, especially in the West Coast. And is Trey Lance ready for that? I'm sorry, but we just don't know. I can't give you a definitive answer. That's not saying he can't, but that's the whole point about the NFL. The NFL is all about questions. And right now, my thing is Trey Lance has more questions than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's a better way to put it. That's just how Niner fans got to look at it right now and around
0: it I, I want to talk you you talked about Kyle Shanahan saying they could use him in packages and that's something I definitely want to see this year but it also completely dispels a rumor that people were talking about where they were like no Shanahan he doesn't want a mobile quarterback with the way that he yeah, was talking exactly. about those extra packages he definitely wants a mobile quarterback. He's like, always wanted. One. He wants he's never to run had pistols one since
2: RG three. He's yeah. he's always wanted one. I don't know where this notion came from. And it came, no, like, it came it from came Chris from the Niners fans
0: that didn't want them to draft uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It
1: came from Chris Sims, by the way. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the pick, guys. No, I, just, not, I, I knew it. I've known all along. I mean, he's, it was gonna He's be tried
2: making plays for Matt Ryan outside the pocket. I used to see it, and he tried it with Manziel too. I just. I've never got he's been
1: start. searching for it. He even said yeah. he wants a guy that's a blend of Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson, which is the weirdest combination, but I think he may have found it in Trey Lance.
0: Let's hope. And I think Niners fans, you deserve to be excited, but just stay patient a little bit. Um, for the Bengals, who are the next team we're going to talk about uh, in training camp, their quarterback one, you know, they're supposedly, you know, big prospects. Joe Burrow drafted number one a couple years ago and unfortunately went down with injury it really sucks seeing the news that's been coming out of their training camp because word on the street is he is just not looking right. And it seems like the injury is still a big fixture of what he's going through on the football field. He's been really struggling under pressure, but the the Bengals offensive line isn't performing uh, to the ability that maybe we hoped that they could get to this year. And maybe the Joe Burrow hype for the comeback season that we had maybe been hearing about is slowly starting to die down because it is a tough injury to come back from. And apparently, yeah. from what we've been hearing, he's not coming back for it and you know, coming back from it in the best way so far. So, now that we've heard that, what are some things that you guys think we can expect from Joe Burrow this season? What's your guys' take on this whole news? And, yeah, what's your outlook?
2: They're 100% rushing him back.
0: Yep. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay,
2: let's just give some context. Saquon Barkley had the same injury and it was actually less because Burrow had multiple ligaments torn in the knee, right? It was more than an ACL. Saquon got injured two to three, two and a half months prior. Joe Burrow got injured, like, I think it was in November. Okay, Saquon was like mid-September, so it was like two months. Joe Burrow was like doing full core reps. I, I don't know why he's trying to rush back for week one it's not a smart idea. I mean, especially with how the O-line has looked too, they have looked awful. And this is what we predicted with them not taking Panay Sewell, which again, you know, Jack was saying it too. That was a smart pick, but he predicted that they were going to go with Chase because of all the hype surrounding it. I stuck by Sewell because I was just thinking, I was like, please just do the the pick that, you know, I would have wanted to see. But this is just, it's not looking good. Jonah Williams, I still haven't heard anything, you know, of him uh, standing out. This offensive line just hasn't been productive. And especially with Joe Burrow, he hasn't been able to make plays outside the pocket. There have been times where they have been able to get to him in like two and two and a half seconds. Like it's been really quick. He hasn't been able to extend the play. Um, Even when he stood back, I was uh, seeing a couple of these notes. Like he stood back uh, in practice five to seven minutes to work with Jamar Chase. Some of the balls that I saw him throw We're just not like, you know, same some of the throws that I saw last year. It's just he hasn't looked the same. And I think they're rushing him 100% because they're trying to force him back in week one because they don't have anybody else. Like they don't have someone that they can, you know, be the steadfast guy and have him ease into it. They just don't have him. Joe Burrow is their franchise. Like they've put a lot of stock into him. They've built it around him. They've tried. And I just don't know what we're going to see because you know they've got the Vikings coming up and the Vikings defensive line is is pretty hungry and week one I just don't know how it's going to be I think it could be a disaster I'm I'm worried if I'm a Bengals fan, and I don't know how many reps I would give him in the preseason because if I were them I would have slowly eased him back maybe in week two week three because you know he's already had kind of practice under his belt last year he's not like a full-on rookie so I just I just don't agree with what they did and I'm really not surprised that the has struggled.
1: Yeah, I mean, draft night, same thing. I knew it was going to be Jamar Chase, but for a while now, I was saying the pick should be Sewell and that, you know, the Bengals should focus on the middle of the field because re- Jackson Carmen, I haven't heard anything out. Of, is he doing good? Is he doing, I don't know what's I going on. Nothing. With him. I'm sure with Panay Sewell, I would have been hearing good things, but yeah. I guess hearing no news is better than hearing bad news. So hopefully Jackson Carmen's doing good. But Again, yes, I agree, 100%. They are rushing him back. And, and the first indication, like I knew that, was when he was always holding onto his knee, when he was getting rushed. He is scared. He is like genuinely shook. And that is something I'm definitely worried about. Do I think this will derail Joe Burrow's comeback season? No, I will not say that. Because I do think Joe Burrow can still put together a quality season. But it does give me you know some pause for concern. because. As, as your franchise quarterback, if I'm a Bengals fan, I don't want to see him clutching his torn ACL. That's just not something you want to see ever, because you know that's definitely concerning. So, again, I still think they should have took Sewell. I know they wanted to reunite Chase with Burrow, and you know maybe Jamar Chase ends up being <sighs> great for Boyd them. And Higgins, wow. But I'm taking a generational tackle over the best receiver in the class. That's just that's me, especially a guy like Penay Sewell. I just don't see how you pass that up, but I mean, they found a way to do it, and I think they believe in Jamar Chase. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd would have been fine. That's what you I'm have saying, Joe. Was... You have Joe Mixon in the backfield. Too. You've been perfectly fine. You didn't need Jamar Bengals, Chase. Bengals fans were hyping up T. Higgins so much last
2: year. They and were literally. It's saying, justified. I was He's looking looking good. I literally yeah. thought he was. I thought there were times where I would have, you know, I thought he was better than Ceedee Lamb, who people are saying in the second best. I was so high on this guy. He Higgins and, was looking yeah. good. Jamar Chase, how much he's good. Like he's a good receiver. I I think he's the best in the class, but how much of a difference would he have made? Like, I just, again, people don't tend to realize receivers are not like that important to an offense. Obviously the position itself, but players, no. I think offensive line, I I told people this, right? It starts from the lines of scrimmage. That is how you win games.
1: And I saw a report. I forgot who it came from, but it said like Jamar Chase is struggling to, you know, create separation in camp. It's just training camp. But already, you know, early returns. This is the one team I've
2: heard, I've only heard. Like I haven't heard anything not about a, someone no. standing up. This is the one team I've heard good things about. You know, at least every other team about somebody. This is the Yeah, one team I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I mean, exactly. this.
0: Could, I mean, we could be witnessing the end of Zach Taylor. And
1: yeah, like, oh yeah, for he's on the hot. Especially
0: season. if I mean, if if Burrow is just not right because they rushed him back with the draft pick and everything, and if they just completely bombed the season, he's mm-hmm. gone. I, yeah, I the feel blame like blame will fall on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm worried about
1: Burrow, too, because if Zach Taylor is gone, you bring in a new coach. Hopefully it ends up being good for him. But I don't know. Burrow's career is already looking like, uh, I mean, I I really hope he succeeds. You know, I really want him to recover from this 20 ACL because I was really thinking like he would have a great comeback season, um, especially with what I saw last year. But I I don't know. I think the Bengals organization is failing him right now. That's just that's how you put it best. They're failing him.
0: Yeah, so the next team we're going to talk about in this episode, the final part of this training camp news segment is the New York Giants. And I remember all three of us last year were actually really high on what Joe Judge was doing, and we were saying, you know, it really looks like he, he was a good head coaching hire. Of course, kind of everyone and their mother was a little bit skeptical on the move when he was hired, but we saw that, you know, he kind of brought the Patriot way to the Giants. He was a no-nonsense kind of guy, and it looked like it was working. This offseason and this training camp, we're seeing the other side of that. It started with Kelvin Benjamin retiring on the field and walking off and getting in a fight. And we thought, oh, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, he's done this kind of stuff before. This is just a reflection of him. We've seen, I believe, two more players since then completely retire, completely retire in the middle of training camp. Joe Looney, and I'm I'm forgetting the other one. I'm blanking on it. But Uh, Zach Fulton. Zach Fulton. So, So that's three guys right now who have retired because of the Giants training camp. And so while we might've all been high on Joe Judge and what he did with his first year with the Giants, this is unprecedented. I mean, we've never seen this. And so it kind of, it's forcing us to ask some questions about the type of head coach he really is, the type of ship that they're really running in New York. And so I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are. And this is the one thing, if you guys are listening to this episode and you want to leave a comment, this is the one thing I want to hear from you guys What are your guys' opinion of what's going on with the New York Giants? Do you think anything's going on behind the scenes? Is there something that we really need to be thinking about? What's your guys' opinion? But for now, you two, what do you guys think what's going on with Joe Judd, the Giants, all these retirements and everything like that? As
1: much digging as I've tried to do, you know, on this whole ordeal, you know, ever since the Kelvin Benjamin retirement, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on because – is this a reflection on Joe judge? Is this a reflection on the players His punishments? I don't know what's going on. If all I've heard is that like, he makes his players run and I don't think anyone (laughs) is going to retire outright over some up downs and some wind sprints when you're in the NFL. Yeah. You gotta be used to that. You're used to it. Yeah. uh, So for that reason, I just, I just don't know what's going on. And I don't know if there's enough out on the situation. I don't know what's causing these players to retire. I don't even have like a theory for why they could retire because I think Joe Judge is a great coach. So I don't know what's going on. And, you know, it even goes back to that fight uh, where apparently Daniel Jones ended up bottom of the pile or whatever. I yeah, totally did.
0: forgot to mention that, didn't I?
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know what's, it's crazy. This, this is, this is a very bizarre training camp. I, I just, I just don't know what's going on. Anish, if you, if you have any idea, please inform yeah. me. So I don't know. I,
2: I had some, I did some digging pre- uh, prior to this. Uh, first, there are actually, so, yeah, I was gonna say that Daniel Jones ended up on the bottom of the pile, and I think it started with, uh, no surprise, Evan Ingram.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> I think it was with Logan Ryan, if I'm not mistaken. It was someone. It was yeah. So was they got into hit. it, and then a big pile aroused, and obviously Daniel Jones was the uh, bottom of it. But there are actually players who came out and defended what happened. So Sterling Shepard had a press conference the other day and he full on defended what happened. He said, you know, we've bought into this. This is how, who Joe judge is. And it wasn't kind of a shot on the players that retired, but I actually did watch a little clip of it, of just him saying, you know, this is how we're playing. This is what we bought into, you know, and there were a couple of guys who like, even I think Corey Clement, uh, he said like, he loved it. Like they were, there were some players who were like actually you know, kind of fed some off, you know, some adrenaline off that. And here's the thing. That's just who Joe Judge is. He's a huge personality guy. He's the type of guy that will take over a locker room. But when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, I've always believed Joe judge is a good coach ever since, you know, we heard the stories last year. And obviously I'm a lot higher on the giants. I've always been these last two years. I'm high on them again, this year. Uh, They've had some struggles with, you know, uh, Kenny holiday being one and now that he's also injured. But my thing is, um, With this particular incident, when I first heard about it, I was like, if he loses the locker room, that is the worst guy to lose it because since he's so high character, so high personality, if he loses people buying into that, that just creates problems. But if there are still players, core players, mind you, right? Sterling Shepard is a core player, a veteran, a leader of this team who's been there for the last five years. If he is saying something like this, it gives me some hope. And I think, you know, there's still four, four and a half weeks till the season, Um, There is plenty of time for this Giants team to come back together, you know, because we haven't really heard anything since that besides the two retirements yet. And I'm hoping it stops there. Right. And I think that last one was a few days ago. So, and those happened, you know, within a span of two days. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was when everyone was like, oh my gosh, okay, what's going on um but yeah kelvin benjamin i think was a completely different you know situation he's done yep. this kind of thing before that's why i wasn't you know so you know heavily into it because joe judge is a high personality guy and again kelvin benjamin we've seen him get into it with ron rivera we've seen him have his uh thing with the bills you know so this has happened plenty of times but uh to hear it with these type of guys but the fact is you know despite daniel jones being on the under the pile they wanted to make sure he was okay at least teammates came up to him and said make sure you don't want to get our quarterback hurt and the fact that Daniel Jones wasn't like you know freaking out about it and getting angry, I think that just shows that you know it wasn't that type of you know that type of brawl. But I think it, it actually earned him some you know credit in the locker room. The fact that he jumped in the fight, right? Like he got in uh, into it, and I think you know players respect that. You know, a quarterback kind of coming in you know, and uh, buying into what, you know, at least if a team brawl is going on, you're there for your teammates. So that's kind of my take on it. I think, you know, there are definitely some downs about it and there's some questions now about if Joe judge can keep that locker room, because again, like I said, he's a guy that you don't want to lose it with. But um, if guys like, you know, Sterling Shepard are saying this, and I think that was probably the thing that kind of turned the tide at least or gave me some sense of clarity, but where the giants can still head this year.
0: And it's, and it's just one in a long line, just really weird and kind of, crazy things that have happened during this training camp period you mentioned ron rivera there was the huge exchange between him and the washington football team players about the covid vaccine and if he was getting blamed for having cancer it was i didn't understand that and then uh, at panthers training camp there was a huge hit where they had to actually i mean release the safety who made the hit Um, yeah
2: yeah he had the receiver i forget who it starts with a k but uh, yeah, he had to go. He was hospitalized immediately. Yeah. Like it was, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, we saw there was a fight at Lions camp between Amundar St. Brown and I f- I forget one other defender remember. who I'm forgetting the name of. But I mean, then you saw Dan Campbell in the press conference saying, you "No, know, that hyped me up a bit." And it's like there's just a lot of crazy stuff happening. I think when I think that's kind of something we missed over this past year, where you know, yeah, you we didn't have, have the big of last year, collections yeah. of people. Now you're getting these big collections of people who didn't really have a ton of time to socialize over the past year and putting them into a big group with a full set of media eyes around. them. Everyone's paying attention now. People are out and about at these practices and it's just crazy. It's uh, with the the fights and I wanted to throw
2: I wanted to throw another thing. I know we didn't have this on the topic list, but there was also a thing between the Rams and the Cowboys. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Connor, I forget, what is his last Connor name? Williams and, Aaron. Yeah, Connor Williams Williams and Aaron, Donald. Aaron Donald. So Connor Williams actually had some great reps against Aaron Donald. And uh, there was one, you know, when they were going uh, full on scrimmage where they started fighting and then a whole thing broke out. There also been some heated exchanges between CD and Jalen Ramsey, right? And obviously I think the, uh, you know, Jalen's kind of hinting at the media with that and also Rams fans and all that. But uh, so that's also going on. But, you know, I think like we're kind of seeing uh, just a quick point on Aaron Donald. Like he gets kind of livid too. We've seen him. Remember when he threw his helmet out on the, uh, Niners field after he got ejected. So, yeah. you know, personalities are flying. We're seeing it. And, uh, you know, some people love it like Dan Campbell and
1: some of us are a little bit skeptical. No, here, here's the thing. I get where Dan Campbell is coming from because in previous years, you know, training camp fights like are normal, like scuffles are normal because it's players fighting for a roster spot. Yep. Emotions can run high. And I think d- what Dan Campbell is saying is he sees the competitive uh competitiveness in that. Like he understands what these players are fighting for and they really want to spot on this team. So, I mean, yeah, if you if he's going to be hyped him, up by that, the,
2: the burpees with the.
1: Yep. The he does. Yeah. The,
2: he does. No, I, lo- the I love
1: Dan Campbell as a head coach. I I've know he gets like, like a too. lot I mean, more and more. I know he gets like a lot of scrutiny after the, you know, the kneecap biting stuff. But like. I think he's a great coach. Like, I just love his whole vibe. I think he's great for Detroit. He's going to, you know, you know, change the whole vibe around that Betters are betting
2: team. on the over for their win total. Like, a okay, lot. yeah, that's like, a amount. That's yeah, surprising I, I to me. I just saw that in the morning. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, people are really buying into They're Campbell. buying
1: into this. And it's not only Dan Campbell, it's Brad Holmes, too, because yeah. he's a great GM. He's been doing good things right now but i mean i understand why that would hype you up because training camp fights show how much these players really want it they're willing to put everything on the line to get that roster spot and you know save their dreams uh, as i should say so i think i think training camp fights are normal we've just been seeing a lot of like brawls this year yeah. so that's kind of what makes yeah. it yeah and it's more, of more
0: brawls than scuffles yeah. which is yeah. the yeah. kind of
1: just all out just yeah
0: yeah exactly it's 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 been crazy and we're going to see more of it the one thing that kind of does sec like, it, it would have been really awesome to see the New York Giants on hard knocks this year and to see
2: crazy <laughs> out of
0: HBO's eyes. That would have been pretty awesome, but yeah. maybe we'll get to see some of this stuff that's been happening with them and the Rams on hard yeah. knocks. So I'm I pretty agree. sure it starts soon.
2: Yeah. I, I think the they got, they first. definitely got some of that. They had to.
0: So I'm excited for that, but to, to wrap up the episode, take it off of the field. Josh Allen signed a massive extension with the bills, joins the $40 million a year club, And the one thing that I want to say on this, because I guess I'll go first. I believe that Josh Allen is the level of football player that deserves this kind of money. But at the same time, I am surprised that he got so much. Because I know that we've had this argument in the past. Josh Allen's had one good season. Legitimately, he's had one good season. And so for them to to immediately after that one season pay him $40 million, I'm kind of surprised by that. I felt like the Bills could have gotten away by paying him less just because he hadn't had that lengthened era of success. Um, I do believe that he is worth that. I think he'll prove it this year. But there's an argument that can be made that the Bills probably could have gotten away with paying him less. And so with that idea, it's going to be interesting to see what Lamar Jackson gets, what Baker Mayfield gets down the line what some of these other quarterback get uh, other quarterbacks get. I, I like Josh Allen. I think he's worth the money. But also, I do feel like the Bills could have gotten away with paying him less. I mean, with this whole uh, yeah.
2: extension, I feel like a f- proud father seeing how far he's come. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it I mean I had to, out Listen, went, you don't understand so. the debates I used to have with Josh Allen and Sam Donald. One guy got traded to another team and hasn't you know, dazzled in Camden. We don't know if he's going to last a full year. Another guy got paid $43 million a year. Just feel like a proud dad right now. Okay, hey,
0: but it balances him, out with Wentz. It balances out with Wentz. <laughs> i, I more him. than balances it, out
2: for for him. To, I think here's the thing, though. To for your point, and I know I'm pro, I'm obviously gonna defend him here. I think he's gotten progressively better each year. Oh, and I, I won't sp- argue
0: that. So, and trust I think me, I'm but, on his side for this. Yeah,
2: I think the whole forty three million dollar thing. I think the reason why it's explained is because of how much the whole media and how the NFL landscape has now put Josh Allen on this top five pedestal. Think about it. Right. Like there were people like, you know, you or a lot of guys last year who said, is Josh Allen even in your top 15? Is he even an above average quarterback? Right. There were those questions literally before last year. Right. Now people have thrown him above, you know, guys like Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson in that top three threshold. So when you get thrown in that, then the money starts coming in right this was similar with matt ryan when he got his extension after that mvp year he got thrown up into this you know top five is he a top five quarterback going into next year right it's this happens all the time and i think especially with josh allen because he's so young and because you know the sky is the limit for this kid you know they're saying okay we're banking on the future. And he even said it himself. And this is how contracts work. This is how, you know, every NFL analyst kind of looks at it. You're paying for the future, not what you've done, what you're going to do. That is why, you know, most of these young guys will get these six year contracts. And now, you know, we're seeing annual money increase years increase sometimes. And I think that's why the 43 million is kind of, you know, that's the reasoning behind it. And obviously I'm going to defend it. I think, you know, a guy like him, high character individual, you know, great team leader, um, he's gotten better every year and i think year four he could even take another step up with uh another year in this you know sean mcdermott system um but i think you know this just goes to show that like you know for quarterbacks it could really change with just you know a good year or you know buying into a culture or elevating your game this is kind of how it works right so with lamar jackson he's Honestly, ever since he stepped in for Joe Flacco, he has been really good. Like, you know, regular season, he finally got that playoff win under his belt. And obviously I know Jack kind of wanted to transition it. You know, what does this mean for Lamar Jackson? Um, I just don't know if talks are, I don't know if a deal is going to get done before the start of this year. I think 2022 is when we're going to see the two AFC North guys, Baker and Lamar, really, you know, start engaging in talks. Um, But that, that means this year, It's another prove-it year for Lamar. I feel like he keeps having these prove-it years. There's still questions after each season. You know, even after his MVP year, because of that playoff loss, questions just arose, right? And even now last year, right, especially that loss to Buffalo, his arm was, or at least his throws, uh, you know, kind of diminished from, uh, you know, his MVP year. There's still questions there. And I think that's why that uh, contract just hasn't, you know, come up yet. But with Josh Allen, it was like, oh my God, you know, with Stephon Diggs. He's finally got this, you know, uh, amazing, you know, quarterback talent. And look what they've done with the Bills. You know, they're a perennial AFC uh, contender. And I think that's why he got the deal done and why Lamar still has to go, because people have now put Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. And I think that's why a deal has yet to get done.
1: Yeah. I mean, you hit all the points there. I mean, I think Josh Allen is a top four quarterback in this game right now. I'm not putting him over Mahomes, I'm not putting him over Rodgers, not putting him over Russ. I think he's just perfect at four. I think he deserves the money, but as Jack said, I think you could have paid him less, but I'm not mad at it. You know, no, I'm not mad right. at it at all. I think 43 mil for him, he definitely deserves it. In terms of Lamar, I think the Ravens are definitely going to take a hard look at his resume take a hard look at him this season, because as Anish said, again, it's a prove it year, but the resume at one point kind of speaks for itself. You know, he's got a stacked resume already. So, I mean, I think he'll be in that $40 million club next year. Um, I expect them to pay him, you know, not really Mahomes money, but I think, they're going to pay him more than Josh Allen. I think he'll make 44 mil a year. See, that's where, so just yeah, that's a, where that's just, the money here comes That's down. just a guess if they're going to pay him, and he really does prove it this year. Well, and, and if he's um, getting
0: paid later, he's going to get paid more. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. With the yeah, it's just it's yeah.
1: all it's all about the QB market and you know it just keeps going up. And the deal for is Lamar, it's, for
2: him. It's just like when it's gonna get done. I don't expect any you know holdouts or anything. The Ravens want to no. keep this guy around. Yeah, it, it, it'd be relevant for a long time. Because
1: you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna draft a guy. You're not gonna get a guy better than Lamar if you let him go. Like you gotta lock him up. So I mean, I think he's gonna definitely be in that forty million dollar club. And if I had to take a guess right now, it's pretty hard to make a guess. But I'll say forty four mil. I think he'll be sandwiched right between Mahomes. Uh, and Josh Allen. That's just my guess for right now.
0: Yeah. And then Baker and Kyler, those become the interesting questions, but I don't think we need to think about them till after the season, to be completely yeah, yes, honest. Yeah. There's
2: Browns sure. have the Browns have engaged with, uh, they're focused on Ward and Teller right now. So yeah. Baker's mm-hmm. kind
0: of next year. Well, mm-hmm. and they did sign Chubb. That uh, answered a question. Ah, they yeah. Did. There you go
2: dude okay actually i wanted a quick question for jack because you know with your you 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 especially you're very uh you know vocal about these running back contracts i thought this one was a good deal but
0: i think it's the best deal that i have seen for the, i feel like it's still like i'm still iffy on it but i think for if they were gonna sign him yeah that's a good deal for what they were doing like His especially I money
2: mean, was very little i was yep. very surprised by it it was only 20 mil Mm-hmm. so because they're playing the injury bug with chubb too because you know we've seen him get injured a couple times
0: uh for yeah, as much I, as i've said and you guys know this for as much as i've said i hate all the things that the teams have been doing with the running back position i didn't hate that move so i guess that'll tell yeah, you what it I. it was a good
1: contract I think a and good if, contract, is, is, it a works contract
0: out. for what it was yeah yeah I, I definitely agree and if that's i mean they're just showing that's where their priority lies and for a team like the browns who have committed to the run and they're getting that deal for it. I, uh, you know, I was, I was partially a fan of that. Yeah. Charles so sure. is not
2: even, you know, a high character or a high personality dude, but like he wanted to stay in Cleveland. You know, hearing about that again, yeah, just as a Browns fan, it makes
0: me happy that people actually want to stay here. So Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's kind of a complete 180 from past years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's pretty much all we got for you guys in this episode. Um, we really thank you guys for listening. We're glad to be back. I know, actually, wait. Anish had one fantasy football question for all oh, of you yes. guys. In, if, in yeah. if you stuck section. around,
2: if you stuck around and <laughs> shout out to all the people that did, I just want an answer on this. So it's non PPR. I got the third pick. I already know that my friends are gonna go with McCaffrey and Camara. I'm stuck between Dalvin Cook and Derek Henry. That is my those, those are my two guys that I'm really thinking about. I've spent the last three days thinking about it. Please, someone help me. I I'm leaning Dalvin, that's just my uh thing right now but if i could hear a case from someone on why it should be henry i'm willing to listen to it because i'm very much torn about it and it's going to haunt me till the draft on august 13th so please help me out
0: that's a this is a petition make your case down in the comment section below and while you're down there if you don't mind please consider hitting the subscribe button we're so close to 4,000 subscribers which is crazy to say um please consider hitting the like button hitting the subscribe button all that kind of stuff and if you're on apple podcasts please consider leaving a five-star review and following the show. We really appreciate you guys carving out time in your, you know, your day to listen to us, talk some football. If you're still here, thank you guys so much. We've been the cold hard truth podcast saying see you guys next time.